Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. All right, the time here is about seven and a half minutes past the hour. Let's get to Wendy Liu, Chief Asia and China Equity Strategist at J.P. Morgan. Wendy, nice to have you with us. So a bad year for risk assets just got a whole lot worse. What do you do here? Um, you know, dollar's very strong. It's a sign of tightening dollar liquidity. And our analysis shows that every 2% move higher in the DXY, you have equities fell by around 4% in EM. But Asia is relatively better. It's falling by around 3%. Um, and within Asia, there are a couple markets that are more negatively correlated or higher negative beta. These are ASEAN, India, and Korea. Um, and you have a few sectors that tend to lose more, industrials and materials. But there are also places of relative value and relative mm. stability. So I think it's risk off now. We seek value and defensive at this point. And once we get past the Fed hike next week, things could be reconsidered for going long. The the case for India, Indonesia is something we hear a lot. I wanted to get more of your thoughts about China and whether or not things materially change for investing in China once we're past the party congress. Mm, I, I do think so. Um, and um, ASEAN and India people have seen more structural growth to it. So there's more willingness to stick with those positions. Um, for the party congress, I think you do sense that things are waiting for the reporting line to clarify before taking action. So that is quite critical. I would point out we probably don't need to wait till October 16th. We can look to October 7th, which is the time for the 7th plenum. And that would give us some good insight into the lineup. One of the added difficulties is the U.S.-China dispute. The latest was this U.S. effort to reduce reliance on um, on biotech, uh, the impact of, of biotech uh, in the United States, uh, the Biden administration talking about uh, an executive order there, and a big sell-off yesterday. Uh, is it making it difficult to invest in almost any sector here, given the potential impact of a move by either U.S. or China? Um, that's a um, difficulty that's been met by our investors. Um, you know, uh, is this regulatory changes that's difficult to forecast. Um, at the same time, when we compare China and Japan, um, from Japan's peak in property and equity markets in 1989, it took the topics around 14 years to get to 16 times 12 months forward P.E. China is at 10 to 11 times. So I think value is apparent and liquidity is high. So if you see incremental improvements um, in 
growth, uh, U.S.-China relationship, I think people are willing to participate. But it is becoming more of a trading market than a structural growth market. I want to get your thoughts on that very strong fix from the PBOC. About 600 pips stronger than expected, the strongest bias on record and a 15th straight day to try and defend the weakness in this yuan. Yeah, I think seven has a very symbolic, a strong symbolic meaning and psychological too. Um, It is going to have an impact on financial assets. So it appears based on um, the fixing bias, there's a strong desire to defend the seven. Yep, and right now we're hanging in there, at least uh, the offshore at 698.23. A lot of weakness in most of these currencies. But then you mentioned in the first part of our discussion that um, in terms of valuations, uh, a basket of Chinese stocks look pretty good at 11, time, er, 11 times earnings. So the Hang Seng Index is trading at seven times earnings. Do you like a basket of stocks in Hong Kong? And if so, which ones? Um, I think you can buy both because the correlation is pretty high uh, between the two. Uh, Although on the way down, Hong Kong financials and Singapore financials tend to outperform when we look at the dollar strengths and how the different sectors uh, buy market. So so on the way down, it would be Hong Kong, Singapore, Indian financials that hold up better. And what's going on the way up? And on the way up, um, I think on the way up, you're really probably looking at quality. We turn a bit more toward the quant methodology. Um, So we're watching to see when the credit numbers in China may improve. We look at M2, it's been growing at double digits, but it's not converting into total social financing. So that tells us that the enterprise and household's confidence are low. So when that turns, credit growth is going to pick up and it's going to be in favor of quality. These are the high ROA, high ROE names in consumer staples. And so that's the next thing to look forward to. We probably got two more weeks of value outperformance based on the pattern of trading since the pandemic. It generally outperforms for seven weeks over growth. And we're in the fifth week. You made an interesting point in the first half of our discussion that China has priced in Japan's lost decade, plus even a geopolitical risk discount as well. Other places that look less troubled uh, and perhaps better, maybe in the short term, I think you say, are India and Indonesia. Make the buy case there. Okay, so India, Indonesia, and plus Vietnam, which is off benchmark, these are the structural beneficiaries of supply chain relocation. Uh, So when we look at the important tax sector, India is still starting to get Apple's iPhone order, iPhone 14, which is quite significant. At Vietnam, um, you see a vibrant sort of relocation uh, since before 2018, and it's accelerating. And then for Indonesia, it's very rich in commodities. The nickel is helping it to grow the local NEV supply chain, and it's got coal and CPO. So this is benefiting the local financials and consumption. And India, without being said, has the biggest domestic market potential that we could see. Um, you know, not just in Asia, but globally. Now, they are a bit more expensive, but I think you know, given if there's more political pressure or political discord that we could see on China and then lack of clarity on reopen. People may be willing to just hold out 
But I would say this week and next week before the Fed hike, you have a general risk off in Asia. And, and just a final broad question, Wendy, do we avoid a global recession here? Um, yeah, we, our, our firm's view is that you looking at, um, you know, the situation in the U.S., uh, employment is very strong. You really don't get to a recession when employment is that strong. And when we look at Europe, it's coming up subsidies to cover the higher energy costs. So it's probably going to avoid that also. All right. Good to know. Wendy, thank you. Wendy Liu, Chief Asia and China Equity Strategist, JP Morgan, joining us from Shanghai here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.